0: Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Austin, and this week I have Lexi with me. Hey, guys. So uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and uh, I apologize in advance if you guys hear anything in the background. Uh, Drake, our, our puppy, is here with us and um, chewing on some of his toys. So, uh, But we were talking uh, earlier, uh, you know, there's a lot of first-time gun buyers more probably now than there have been in the last probably 20 years right um and something that i think that we kind of gloss over uh is women as gun owners right
1: yeah i feel like a lot of the new gun owners you uh, tend to focus on men but there's well, maybe not as th- many but still lots of new women yeah i mean offers. i think when
0: people think of, of people buying guns they always think of men but i'm sure right now with everything that's going on i'm sure it's probably closer to a 50 50 split between men and women than it has been in the past i mean just fear of what might happen with the you know social unrest and uh you know all everything that's going on right now so i wanted to get and we've talked about this before but we've never really talked about this on the pod so I wanted to get your input to, as to what you went through and what your thoughts were things like, like, okay, what made you decide, uh, that you, what you were going to buy a gun? Um, and then I guess after that, when did you decide you were going to carry it? Like what, what pushed you in that direction? I know I kind of helped with that push, but like, what did, what was your experience?
1: So when I was probably what? 21, 22 ish. Yeah. I, uh, like I moved out of my mom's house and uh, moved into my you know, first apartment, my only apartment, the only time I've ever lived on my own. And while not in a bad part of town by any means, um, there was one night that, you know, obviously as a woman living alone, you're more aware of your surroundings and everything that's going on. Any woman listening can definitely contest to that. Um, there was a night that... I'm getting ready for bed. So everything in my apartment is quiet. For the most part, everything around me was quiet. You know, it was nine, ten o'clock at night on, I think it was a weeknight. And all of a sudden, I hear from probably two apartments over the floor above me, this woman screaming for help. So I called 911. You know, I'm like, all right, like something's happening. Like I stayed up. Like I obviously had no idea where it was coming from. The walls weren't exactly thick between apartments. And, and I uh, remember
0: all this because you were texting me. It was as it was going on. Like I was worried for you, and yep. I wasn't even there. You so know.
1: yep, locked me. Made sure my apartment was locked. Made sure my uh, balcony door was locked. And uh, sat in my room and yeah, waited. And the you know the police came. They don't believe they ever found out what was happening. But uh, after that moment, you know, it was something that I never grew up with guns in the house, but I never had a fear or any type of stigma against them. It was just not something I had. Sure. But uh, yeah, after that moment, I believe it was shortly after you had bought your first gun, I uh, was like, nope, this is it. Um, it's, It's time to you know take my safety in my own hands i mean I think, it take, I think it took the police every bit of 10 minutes to get there so if it was an actual you know if it was me if it was this actual you know threatening situation to myself
0: well and that's and, and that you know i'm glad you bring that up because i think that's something that people over well not really overlook but you know so many people especially uh, when you talk about i feel like anyway i feel like i have these conversations more with women um and that's i mean i don't want to sound biased but I feel like that's how it goes is um women are more apt to not carry a weapon, not carry a firearm, not want to shoot um for a variety of reasons but when you put it in that perspective that yeah, you can call 911 and they're going to eventually <laughs> uh show up, right? Right. Um in your case it would 10 minutes, right? Do, 10 minutes, like a lot That's can a happen lot in time. 10 minutes.
1: And I mean, you know, as, as young girls growing up, you know, as soon as you got, uh, as soon as puberty started hitting, as soon as you got, you know, your driver's license, you know, any, any woman listening, you all know these tips, you know, don't, don't walk in, you know, low lit garages, you know, walk with your keys between your hands so you can use it to hit someone like there's all those things that so men you, don't you, think about. You
0: told me about that the other week that you still do that because your, your mom told you or something and I I never realized that you did that.
1: Yeah, men, men, you know what men worry about? Like, they walk out of the office building, and they go to the car, and they go home. They're worried about what they're going to have for dinner. Women, there's a whole slew of fears between the office building and your car yeah. that just men don't, not that there couldn't be, you know, attacks on men, but they're, they're less common, and they're less likely, and... Uh, yeah, so there's there's all kinds of, you know, tips, you know, make sure, you know, don't walk near a man. If you see a man approaching you, you know, walk on the other side of the street, like get away from them and you know, all these things. And it's, you know, I we I had a, you know, conversation with a, a lady I worked with and I'm like, oh, yeah, my purse knife. And she's like, <laughs> you know, what are you afraid of? I'm like, nothing. And that's I, why I, I, I have means to protect myself. If, you know, something still happens, you know, I at least... I'm not going down without a fight, you know, I'm not going to make it easy.
0: I mean, you bought, you decided at, with that story, right, you, that's when you decided you were going to buy your first gun. Yes. At what point, um, after that, or maybe it was all just at once, did you decide that you were going to accept the responsibility of getting a, a carry permit? And, and like really learn about what, cause there's a fair amount of legality that's involved with sure. all of this. You know, that's why sure. I always say you're accepting the responsibility, right? Because it, it is, I mean, you're responsible for every trigger pull, every round that goes downrange. Like you're, you're responsible for that. So oh,
1: absolutely. Um, it was probably cause what you, it was maybe three, four months after you bought your gun that I had that, uh, incident at my apartment and probably, what, within six months after that, you had gotten your permit.
0: I got my CPL fairly quickly after I bought my first gun. I mean, for me, that was my my intent when I bought it was if I'm going to have, have it, I want to be able to
1: carry it too. So I think dating you during that process played a big part um, because I was able to kind of go through it with you without having, you know, to kind of see it like to get the chance to experience it without, you know, give you that full knowledge to make that decision if that's something I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, having, having the permit, you know, f- realistically for, you know, for me, women are attacked out and about. You know, you're, you're snatched, you know, you're, you're snatched off the sidewalk, you're attacked from, you know, off out of an alley as you're walking by, mm-hmm. you know, walking to the parking structure. If you know you work in the city, you um, you know, a variety of different things, and if I'm going to have it, I want to have it on me to protect myself. You know, like yeah. it, it's use it, it's useless sitting in the safe in the bedroom when I'm yeah, out exactly, and about like when I'm going more than likely when I'm going to need it is not when I want to be at home. I enjoy right. having it at home. I have it within reach. I know where it is when I'm at home, but having it on me, you know, and and when I first started carrying i i I did utilize uh off body carrying so you went in a bag and i was just gonna
0: ask you how do you i mean because like i've i've talked about it before i carry appendix i did when i first started carrying um i was at like strong side three o'clock four o'clock type um so i guess can you talk about how you carry your i guess the different ways because you're just saying um you know off your body uh or in a holster um and maybe some, I guess, some challenges, because there's a lot of different considerations for women that there aren't, like you were Absolutely. saying, for men.
1: Um, so women overall are smaller than men, typically, you know, in, in height, and in stature, and just as all around. Not that there's not, you know, full-bodied women, and there's not super skinny guys that aren't, you know, sure. some, some of the same things can cross over between genders, but... A lot of the problems I face, I personally, when I do carry on me, I carry appendix. Um, I feel like it's the easiest to conceal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there are also a lot of other. Well,
0: I think problems. part of that, too, is when you look at like, unfortunately, you kind of have to look at things like fashion trends. And oh, absolutely. I, I
1: struggle personally with and a lot of time and I'll, I'll say it now and I it's something I strive to you know work on is I don't carry on my body as often as I'd like to. Mm hmm. Um, but a lot of it does have to do with fashion and now that the weather's turning, it becomes easier to carry because I wear a lot of sweaters and it's just, it, it, it's, it's looser fitting, but you know, during the summer I am wearing shorts and a tank top and that doesn't give you a lot of concealability. And while, you know, printing isn't you know an end all be all, it does make it difficult when I'm wearing something that's, you know, if I'm wearing... A white tank top, like that you can see through, or like something more sheer, like so. Even if I, the material, the the way it fits is appropriate to conceal the material itself. You can see through. So I I do struggle a lot during the warmer months finding a way to carry comfortably and concealed.
0: Have you found that like the alternative carry options, like um. Like the elastic bands that you can like, because I know oh, this, right now it's really popular. Women wear like leggings, yoga pants, uh, uh, sweatpants, stuff like that. So it doesn't have a hard belt line in it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for men, we pretty much we pretty predominantly, as far as I know, anyways, uh, carry in holsters that are clipped to a belt of yeah, some variety. Yeah, you predominantly
1: <laughs> wear pants that have belt loops and
0: yeah. So for women, because it's such a different, like stylistically, it's so different, and it, there's been uh products out there that have come out you know the elastic oh, waistband there are ton or stuff of
1: products um
0: and have you have you used i know you have i think you have one of the, the elastic bands I, i'm pretty sure you do but what's been your experience with those because i've i'm sure just like anything else there's the pros and cons to it
1: absolutely so i do have an elastic band i believe it's one of the earlier like models additions whatever you want to call it um so it's basically just a piece of um now oh, what's the word? I mean a piece of like elastic band, something that you find in sweatpants, like mm-hmm. just a larger version. I mean it's probably every bit of six, seven inches wide. Um and it velcros. And honestly, the velcro is my biggest dislike of it. Um is it, you said you are wearing Sweatpants and yoga pants and leggings—stuff that a lot of times is tighter fitting. Now the sweatpants, no big deal, but the the tighter fitting pants, um, because of the size, and then you have the seam. Um, if you don't line it up right, it snags on your pants. You know, if you have a little bit of the velcro
0: mm-hmm. piece,
1: you know, sticking out, or like I said uh, seams because it is you know seven or eight inches wide. You know, carrying it in a goods. You know, I I carry appendix when I do wear that as well i find that's just it's my natural position that's what i'm used to i don't want to put it in a different carry position that i'm uncomfortable sure. with sure um to get it in a spot where i would basically have it where if i was wearing a hard holster i get weird kind of seam lines like on my upper thighs and it can be a little uncomfortable you almost have to adjust it um but when you're is, sitting and
0: so that aside how's the retention on that like does oh it hold the, the, the
1: retention's great and i and i do utilize the pants to help because i do like I, said, I, I carry in the appendix um you could definitely do it in other positions as well if you're more comfortable you mm-hmm. know at the you know small of your back or if you do prefer to carry on the side um i do use the pants you know the waistband of the pants to help keep it keep sure, it in, in spot place, you yeah know, and, but um
0: because that's my thing with anything that's like a cloth holster. And, I mean, basically since day one here, I've denounced the use of uh, nylon or, uh, you know, any kind of, any stretchy holsters. I mean, they all, and some of them have their place. You know, I know there's a lot of pocket holsters out there that people like for the really small uh, concealable pistols um, that stick to the inside of the pocket. And those have their pros and cons like anything else. But, um, you know, your experiences have been, it sounds like at least, I mean, middle of the road,
1: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't say they're negative. and And since I've got that elastic holster, there have been way more clothing companies, way more holster companies expanding into these markets. You know, you can get thigh holsters. So when you're wearing a skirt or a dress, something that's going to be a little bit flowier, it gives you more like, room around your legs, you can carry it there. You know, there are a lot of companies that made the waistband elastic holsters. So I'm seeing smaller versions. I'm seeing for us women basically dress with pockets Mm -hmm. type of utilization. Like, you know, we love stuff with pockets because women's pockets are useless. We don't, you know, if if we even have them. The one I'm looking at buying next has like the whole thing is lined with pockets of varying sizes. There's, you know, a spot for your gun. There's, um spots for essentially extra magazines but size-wise you put a pocket knife in there there's wider ones where if you were carrying like an ar magazine or you put your cell phone in there i mean just tons of pockets tons of functionality like and it's all on your body you know if you're you can wear your leggings you can wear your oversized sweater and it's all concealed you don't have to worry about it um
0: and when you say okay so talking about concealment um Talk a little bit about, I mean, what I mean, I obviously know, but what do you carry? And I guess why did you make that choice? Uh, Fire as your firearm? Wise? Yeah. Oh,
1: So I carry a Springfield XDS mm-hmm. nine millimeter, I believe it's the 3.3. So the smaller, I know they make two, yeah, the sizes, so, the, so the smaller version. Um, I like the nine millimeter. Um, I never cared for the 380, I feel like it's just gonna graze someone. Not saying. There's nothing against it just personally my own I mean, opinion
0: 380s it's fine um i don't
1: for I, the amount of recoil and pricing it just made more sense like there's animal, nothing wrong with, yeah eyes. like there's nothing wrong the gun responds well with nine millimeter it's not like it's this cannon that has a ton of you know recoil on it like i enjoyed it it makes me feel better knowing that if i needed to take down someone who you know realistically is going to be two three times my size you know, if I only get one shot, that one shot will do it.
0: Well, and I mean it will, yeah. And I know that the, especially in the Springfield, they come in. I just like the uh, the shield would that I used to carry it comes in forty. Comes you in. You can 45, definitely get it in larger sizes if you wanted
1: something. I just I, I didn't want it to be too much. Yeah. You know, well, you and you then you also
0: to... lose capacity. Right. Um, and especially if you don't, you know, we talked about this before too. If you aren't somebody that gets to the range a lot, um. You know, marksmanship may not be as strong as it could be or should be, um, but that's neither here nor there. When you find yourself in that situation, like you know, needing to to use the firearm, so. Uh,
1: but one of the reasons uh, that I went with the Springfield, you know, when we I, we really shopped, you know, I do you remember when that
0: day we went out and you decided you were going to do it that day? We went to three or three four, three different, or four places. different
1: places. Three or four different places. We we ended up at a uh, local like sports. It was, MC, sure. it was
0: uh, MC Sports before they, uh, before they all they went closed. out of business. Yeah.
1: Um, and the guy at the counter was a super cool guy, was carrying his own uh, Glock 43. Yep. And uh, said, you know, I don't make commission on this. Pulled a bunch of different guns of similar sizes out of the case and just let me hold. And and, and I when I made my decision, it was strictly on how it felt in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Springfield doesn't have the most stellar reputation. They're not definitely the worst by any means, but... Um,
0: yeah, they have, I mean, and yours, you haven't had too many issues with yours. No. So I will say that to anybody who who is listening that's looking at one or currently owns one. They're not terrible. They're not, not terrible. bad guns. No, they just have, and, and it has probably gotten better over time, but I know sure. they've had you know issues in the past with quality control, and that's a lot of companies do. Um, Theirs, I think, were just... Maybe just more. Yeah. Um, but I know that day you looked at a couple. I know we looked at... Um, you didn't like the Glock 43.
1: I did not. It was, I, was, I, I ended up... Uh, mean,
0: sacrilege, by the way. just.
1: I I really liked the way it felt in my hand. And at the time, I wasn't sold on carrying on person. It wasn't something I'd really thought about. It wasn't against it. It just wasn't a thought in my head when I was buying the gun. Well,
0: and that gets, so that, that takes some time to really wrap your brain around. Because I you know at the time, you were looking at yours... I was still carrying outside the waistband and it yes. was that same sales guy that turned me on to a local company, uh, multi holster and like got me to like, give it a real shot carrying inside the waistband. It was, he was right. You know, it was, I wish I remember the guy's name. Cause I'd definitely reach out and thank him. But, uh, it was way more, I remember it was way more comfortable than I, th- I thought it was going to be super uncomfortable. You got this hard plastic thing shoved between your waistband and your body and you know, uh, and you, I, don't, I think you skipped over all that. You went straight to an in the waistband appendix holster.
1: Well, yeah, because as as a woman, there's just to carry. I mean, and not saying that you can't do it. I don't want to say that. Just personally, I find carrying at your you know three and nine o'clock, so on either side of your hip, I uh, I struggle with that because there's not a lot of real estate. I feel like no matter what I wear, well, right, the front printing, of your body, yeah, the front like, of your
0: body is the widest. Part of your body and at anybody because your hips are the widest part of your body. So, but
1: with men's clothing, men tend tend to wear looser fitting clothing. So at least on top, yeah. Um, so it makes it easier if you want to carry on your hip. You you know you have we have more
0: flexibility. You have more
1: flexibility, and it's just I was sold a hundred percent on. I know a lot of people freak out about it, but the appendix carry so right up front, right at where you but you know button your pants. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who don't know, um. It's just, it's, it's very easily accessible. Um, I find it to be very comfortable.
0: Um, well, especially cause, and then you don't have to change anything. Like when you're driving, you don't have to change anything. Yeah, just, everything's right there. You, just you know, pull your shirt back, tuck it, it down behind the holster, and I don't have buckle to worry. Up.
1: Yeah, when I if I were to get pulled over and I need to inform an officer, it's yeah, it would be exposed. <laughs> <Right there. laughs> yeah. It would be exposed. I don't have to say anything. He can see it. You know, he or she can see it if they want to be the ones to take the firearm. It's easily accessible. You know, they're not freaking out because I'm reaching somewhere. Like they can see everything that's going on. Um, the only thing I struggle with with when I carry. In a holster appendix is going to the bathroom. As but. do most of us.
0: I mean, for for men, I've, I've discovered that it's fairly easy in most bathrooms. You can e- either one of these two options and maybe this, well, you, you don't have a urinal in the women's room. I do not. Um, if you have a good divider in a men's restroom, you can literally just unclip it, pull it up and shove it under your, like in your armpit, dudes out there listening. And hold it there under your arm, and when you're done, you just zip everything back up, put it back in, and uh, no one's the wiser because they shouldn't be looking down there anyways. But, I, uh, uh, I think a stall is probably the preferred option. Well, for Well, yeah, almost obviously all it's
1: private, but um, I find a lot of times I'll like throw it in my purse when I do get to the bathroom. That's one thing I do really enjoy about the elastic holsters is that you can just kind of slide it up so it's sitting more on your stomach, mm-hmm. so you can you know sit down, do your business, and, uh, and that's part and then of the pros it. and cons to everything. Like,
0: you know, that's obviously a big advantage.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no readjustment, there's no unclipping, there's no unholstering. There's just, okay. So rather than having this sit, you know, down my hips a little bit, I pull it up and it's sitting more, you know, up under my bra and it's fine. And then I just put it back down when I'm done and put it where I want it and I don't have to worry about anything at all. Um, you you know, and there's also you know, you can have like bra holsters where they clip and they sit actually up underneath the band of your bra. And I will
0: say that I know there's a, there's a lot of development going on right now, uh, specifically towards women's yes, carry specifically options. specifically geared yes. towards more options for women. I will say, guys, just with anything, be careful because there's a lot of, um, I guess, snake oil out there. You know, I know one of the things you asked me about right right off the bat was uh, concealed carry purses. And the conversation I think we had was something along the lines of, you know, Off-body is not ideal. I would not. So don't go investing $200 or $250 in some purse, which normally, guys, if you're like, you spend that much money on a purse for your lady, it's like, okay, you know, coach or whatever. And it's like, okay. But these are not name brands in that regard. They're brands that just make these purses that have a zipper pocket built in somewhere to hide a gun, which... I mean, almost any purse has that. And it's just not as accessible. I mean...
1: It's not as accessible. And I do worry about, you know... Because, I mean, hey, you know, you're walking down the street. I mean, while it probably doesn't happen as often as movies like to portray it, number one thing that people do is snatch your purse. So now well, and, you're now you're responsible for what, everything that happens with and that. if
0: experiences in my childhood with my own mother and also with you uh, are any indication... The amount of time that is spent digging through that thing to oh, find absolutely. what you're looking for—it's just—it's not—it's like a last resort type option more than it is a reliable standard, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I utilize my purse for other carry items more than I would ever so, carry a gun. Okay, so
0: let's talk about that because I think if you carry a gun, you more than I mean, there's no rules, right? Absolutely. But uh, more than likely, you also carry some other stuff with you because you're of the the mindset or. Uh, the thinking that you of want to be prepared. Personal protection so,
1: and per- yeah, what do you what do
0: you carry with you? Um, and I know you mentioned earlier about women's pockets being a consideration. Ugh, so, yes. so <laughs> what do you carry with you past the firearm?
1: So anytime that I'm wearing pants that have pockets, I'll make that distinction. Um, I carry a pocket knife. I'm currently carrying a concept. Uh, what's it called? The mini cryo. The mini cryo. Uh, picked it up on vacation, you know, about a month ago. It's great. I love it. A little pricey if you are just getting into it, but uh, super nice. And you know, I carry that in my front pocket. I carry it in my front right pocket. I'm right handed. I think um, the
0: reason that that one you picked that one specifically was because the size of it. Like it's
1: it- it's pretty small. Uh, before this, I was carrying a Benchmade Mini Griptilian, which is of comparable size, I believe. Actually, closed my Mini Cryo it was a little bit smaller. Um, overall, lengthwise, anyway, when it's when it's all shut, mm-hmm. um, so it fits in women's pockets, which are you know approximately two and a half inches deep. If you sure. have them at all, um you just got me this awesome it's mini a, flashlight, basically off of yep, uh, a Cree,
0: Cree LED flashlight, the titanium body. Just things like two hundred and fifty lumens. It's nothing crazy.
1: Nothing super bright, but if you needed it in a pinch, and and again, this thing can't be more than three inches tall so fitting yep. in women's pockets is great uh in my purse i carry a more uh i don't want to call it a full-size flashlight it's not one of them security lights no, it's by not any mag means light. but uh, it's a
0: uh, if it's it's the same thing that that i carry typically which is a it's a streamlight polytech i want to say it's like 600 lumens or 800 lumens or something so you
1: get a little bit you know it's it's a better flashlight i do prefer that if i'm actually if you have the time to like grab a flashlight that's going to be the one i'm going to grab um but it is that's probably every bit of what seven inches uh, I seven mean, eight inches
0: i'll be a little bit smaller than that but yeah Six. it's not yeah, it's a little it's, bit bigger so but it's... for
1: for women's pockets it it's not feasible to carry not even in the slightest so i carry that in my purse mm-hmm. that's super great um i usually do keep an extra pocket knife in my purse um so that way i have one on me always i don't carry one on me when i'm at work uh we do have you know a no relative weapons. no weapons policy but I, I do keep one in my purse um the one i typically keep in there i don't remember it's, it's a uh, kershaw
0: i think it's the brawler something. i'm not
1: sure. it, it was a we got 30 that, buck I've barely
0: been dating a year and a half i think when when and, i got you but it's,
1: it's big and it's beefy and while well, it's not something i would say like men carry it's kind of like an in-between size between small knives well, and large decent, knives it's, it's got a that, good size it's but it's, it's got the
0: uh, assisted opening that kershaw does the speed safe so i mean that's kind of nice too if you ever needed it no
1: it, it's a good knife but it's just it's it's larger than i would ever carry on my person and so i typically keep that in my purse because that's also something if something ever were to happen i'd be sad because it's the first knife i ever owned but we didn't spend a lot of money on it so if I ever lost my purse, you know, so, ever stole my purse, it would be okay.
0: And that's a good point. You know, you don't have to spend a ton of money on all this stuff. No,
1: absolutely um, not.
0: <clears throat> I would say spend at least a little bit of money on this because...
1: You get what you pay for.
0: Exactly. So in that regard, if you're talking about your everyday carry or your backup like uh, pocket knife, you know, uh, Kershaw's a great brand because you can have a lot... Of, they have a lot of really good options for that 30 to $60 range. Anything cheaper than that, guys, I'm going to be completely honest with you, isn't worth your money. You know, there's a lot of crap out there. Gas station knives and stuff, like, they might look cool, it might seem like a really good knife, just because it's all shiny and polished up. Uh, honestly, it, it couldn't be further from the truth, you know? Um, so you have to spend a ton of money to get some quality, you know, gear. I know that the flashlight that I picked up for you was like 35 bucks. Yeah, they know? would say
1: it'll, it'll do in a pinch <clears throat> if I, you know... If it's on your person, you, you know you drop your keys in your car, and you just need to look for them quick. Like it's right there. It's easy. It gives off enough light, and it's and like I said, it's easy to have on your body. There's everything that I mentioned would be small enough to carry if you were carrying in one of those elastic holsters. You know, they would fit comfortably in there. I have carried my pocket knife on. Um, so most women know a lot of the yoga pants will have these. Tiny pockets that they claim will hold—I don't even know. Um, basically, if you fold it up, some twenties, mm-hmm. you could fit you some cash in there. You know, maybe maybe your driver's license. Like the very small pockets, almost useless. But I, I have found that I can relatively carry a knife in there comfortably. It kind of sits at an angle, but you know, I am able to put it, it somewhere. Um, I also carry in my purse a oh what do we even call it like a, a emergency readiness survival tin it's an altoids tin oh, um, yeah. that's something that i got into later as i uh as we kind of started, kind of looking, of more started into prepping. looking more into prepping and being prepared and just everyday survival um, so i have water for water purification tablets in there i have aspirin or advil whatever medication you would need if you know you were going to be suddenly stranded for a night or two um i have band-aids i have a flint i have weatherproof matches some kindling um
0: i think there's some, like some seasoning and stuff in there too if you had to do seasoning, food seasoning
1: some everyday stuff you know salt pepper nothing crazy just Basic um basic stuff, yeah. And um and
0: then a couple ranger opener, bands to keep it all closed.
1: Can opener, like a little tiny folding one, and yeah, some ranger bands to keep it closed, which are super useful too on their own.
0: And if you guys don't know what those are, ranger bands are basically just pieces like strips of a uh, of a tire inner tube for like a bike or something. They're just really thick, really durable uh rubber bands essentially but you can use them for all kinds of things uh i know a lot of guys i like i use them on our rifles here for uh sling retention uh obviously they work for anything that a a rubber band works for i mean there's things like a thousand uses just you
1: know something good to
0: to carry around with you uh and i think it's kind of overlooked um but so moving over to you're just talking about being prepared and stuff like that when we talk about the conversation uh of being prepared, right? In let's say it in a in a household dynamic, you know. So for us, it's you know just me, you, and the dog. Uh, but you know a husband and wife dynamic. How would you say? Uh, and it could be specific to our relationship, or just you know maybe more general. How do you think your prepping concerns um, differ from a man's? You know, do you think there's a difference? Uh, do you perceive there to be a difference, or, or maybe just a difference in um, men focus on these things a lot versus women who are more concerned with something else
1: i think women tend to focus more on a comfort aspect when it comes to a lot of things you know um you don't want to just get by you want to get by and enjoy what's going on you know as much as you can
0: um so you're talking about like food and like laundry type like household type things or i
1: feel like i mean just just everything i feel like there's a different aspect to it plus women i think look at you know better multi-use i guess like because we're so used to having no pockets small purses i mean they obviously make very large purses now but You're so used to having to adapt and overcome very limited options that I feel like we look at a lot of things that way going, okay, I have a pair of jeans with collective five inches of pocket space. What can I carry on me? What do I need to adapt? What do I need to change to make sure I can, you know, can have everything I need to have on me to feel safe, you know? Okay, so I have a knife on me. You know, I don't carry my keys in my pocket; I hold them between my hands.
0: Well, and I think that like, that's that the difference in perspective is valuable. You know, because with anything, but especially here, you know, um, if you think you have it all figured out, you're wrong, right? Absolutely. Nobody ever has all the, the answers, and I think that it only helps bringing women more into the fold and more to the forefront of uh, the discussion for a lot of different reasons. You know, especially um, when you're talking about defensive uh situations right uh mm-hmm. being prepared at the home home defense um if you're not an asset essentially you're a liability right sure. like, l- let's be honest kids are a liability in a home defense situation they can't fight back for themselves they are at young ages they're still bad at or they're not just not able to process information quickly or correctly mm-hmm. um, i mean look at abductions and things like well, that, that happen. that's So that's
1: why household plans are super important if you don't have one you should make one Mm -hmm. um there's a lot you know we don't have kids but there's lots of really good stories about setting up a safe word with your child you know whatever yeah. it is you, yep. know, you hear about abdu- abductions and it's a lot of times oh your parents are in the hospital they told me to come get you obviously as a right. kid you didn't know all your parents friends like you have no idea so you know you set up a safe word and if they don't know or you know, your password and if they don't know the password you don't go with them like yep. if, no matter what the situation is even if you know them because a lot of times it's not a stranger who does these things it's someone that you know um for for anyone for kids for adults you know
0: and I think that's really, uh, and it's starting to be, it's, well, it seems that it's starting to become more common just because of everything that's going on in the world, but you want to try and minimize the amount of liability that you have. Right. So sure. you talked about your, these things with your kids, um, for a lot of people now it's getting your spouse involved in this. You know, uh, I know we have, you know, plans here. We have, uh, preparation made here. If something were to ever happen, I know that I could rely on you to help, me with whatever's going on and vice versa you know sure. i don't have i don't have to worry about you know telling you if something were to happen okay here's a gun this is how you hold it don't point it at anything until you're ready to squeeze the trigger you know it's not like a first time experience if right. we had a home invasion you know what to do where to go how to act sure you know get on the phone with 911 if i'm not home you know what to do mm-hmm. It what to say, how to do it, and everything. Um, and I think that's becoming. I mean, with the whole equal gender equality, really. And I don't want to like get too far down that rabbit hole, <laughs> just because it goes to a whole lot of places it doesn't need to go. Um, you know, really easily. Uh, I think you're starting to see a lot more women get involved in things like firearms and camping which, and preparation, which is
1: good because a lot of times, you know, it it seemed in in the past women were relying on men of you know varying degrees. It was whether it's their spouse, their significant other, the police, you're just you know, for a long time that was all male dominated and still, you know, actually still kind of is, but, you know, male dominated positions and you're looking to them to protect you and you're responsible for your protection. See
0: and that, that brings like, you know, the whole um it's a good point. You know, because I think too often as a society right now, we look to blame other people for why th- bad things happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we point to stuff like toxic masculinity is a really big buzz phrase right now, you know? Sure. Um, or whatever, you know, gender inequality, which is an appropriate term. It's just not always used appropriately. If, sure. that, if that makes you know no, sense. makes sense. Um, I think that more, It's I'm happy to hear more women ask those kinds of questions and, and take a, a proactive interest in... Um, self-defense and things like that. And also just enjoying the activities because shooting, shooting, hunting, fishing, prepping, whatever, uh, a lot of this stuff doesn't have to be a dire circumstance.
1: No, absolutely not. It, it can be enjoyable, it's enjoyable. And,
0: you know, shooting for recreation is something that I think a lot of people, given the opportunity, would actually enjoy if they could separate themselves from all the uh, political
1: crap that goes with it. Yeah, because for, for me, this decision wasn't political. I, I wasn't worried about the police not protecting me, you know, they're doing their job, but it's the fact of the matter is is that the police aren't in the next building.
0: Like yeah. it
1: takes time. Like no matter what it is, you know, there you could get really lucky and there could be an officer walking by. You could be very lucky and that could happen. Well, you but could more than likely it's not going to. So yeah, you call nine one one, but the police station is 10 minutes from your house well, and if even, there's even So
0: a, and you this this is when you're here in Michigan with me in Southeast Michigan. Yeah,
1: you know, I you, you
0: grew up someplace where the police could be 20 minutes away.
1: Absolutely. I gr- I grew up in a small town in Illinois and while we did have a local sheriff and I think maybe a maybe a handful of police officers. Uh Yeah, no, the definitely the the prep that I I feel like growing up in a small town changed my perspective on a lot of prepping that people who grow up in the suburbs in the city don't think about. Um,
0: I think we're spoiled in that in that regard because everything is so accessible here. That once you get to northern Michigan or mid Michigan or rural rural, rural, rural life, yeah, exactly, it's,
1: it's very different. You know, it's a very real possibility. So, from I guess we we'll, I'll back up a minute and go back to prepping. You know, my car. I always, especially as it gets colder, I always have an extra pair of shoes, an extra pair of socks, I have an extra jacket, I have blankets, Um, all stuff that I, you know, now living in the suburbs, I, I don't really need, but growing up in rural America where I could be, it could be a very real possibility that it would be 25 minutes before any type of emergency vehicle made its way to me and honestly
0: given how extreme the weather can be here in in michigan honestly it doesn't matter where you live you could be stuck on the side of the road for a while if your car dies and it you can't utilize that battery to turn the heat on yeah having all that stuff helps the same thing with like i know you carry a a first aid kit in your car yep um nothing crazy no
1: basic first aid kit you know anything
0: bandages gauze stuff like that just enough to get by i think there's like a space blanket in there too something that's gonna help help keep, with that but. yeah
1: no there's there's lots of stuff that you know i keep jumper cables in my car which is a surprisingly rare fact nowadays like that people have those on them and, you see it a lot less and it's just and I, and I do i think it's from growing up in the middle of nowhere like there well, you were you were gonna be f- you were five miles minimum from any type of well, i, mean, I,
0: I carry him in my car and that was just something like growing up my dad always had him and i never understood it because we never i mean he never had to ask anybody for a jump we never got stuck anywhere as kids because the uh, you know his his suburban he drove for so long uh, died or whatever um but I, you just, hey, you have them there because you might need them. And I, I've had to use mine a couple it's times.
1: Basically, my or outlook... Or somebody
0: else might need them. And you can be the, you can the, be, be that person. Samaritan. Even if, in a lot of cases, when I was like uh, college age and stuff, I was driving smaller vehicles, even though I could not jump a larger vehicle, you I, had the, I had the cables. So somebody else who was there who didn't have them could assist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that,
1: that's basically my outlook on every, you know, every decision that I make. I would rather... Have it and not need it, then need mm-hmm. it and not have and it. And we talked
0: about that a lot. And uh, we had Spencer on, you know, yeah. pu- uh, several weeks back, talking about medical prepping and stuff, because um, it's such, it, it's there's such a stigma with that that you can't you can't help. But it's like you know you may not have the physical skills, but uh, having the supplies is going to do a lot. If somebody you know somebody who's out and about maybe having dinner and doesn't have anything on them maybe they're a doctor or a nurse maybe they're
1: they're trained on maybe they're a former them.
0: military and they know how to do you know whatever it is that, that needs to be done and you have the supplies to help them right that could be the, the difference maker you know um but okay so like one last thing that i, I wanted to, to bring up with you specifically is since um we've been through so much of this stuff together from kind of zero to to where we're at now um what advice i guess would you offer to any woman that's uh either thinking about you know purchasing a firearm or getting into this kind of uh this kind of stuff um who's maybe apprehensive about it maybe doesn't know where to look for help doesn't know who to reach out to for whatever reason i know there's a lot of social pressure on this kind of stuff right now too just given the political climate
1: yeah um my i guess my first piece of advice is just don't don't be afraid of of any of it i mean don't be afraid to ask questions don't be afraid to do your research don't be afraid to talk to your friends and family because if you are going to be someone who carries a gun letting the people you know the letting the people that you're going to be with know about what's going on is also important you know if you're going to someone's (laughs) house you know maybe they don't want firearms or you know whatever just don't be afraid to talk to anyone um you know there's lots of if you can, if you have a range open by your house, they do offer first-time gun owner first, you know, first-time classes. So, you know, they're taking you from the very beginning. You know, they're basically going in like you've never held a firearm. There's no shame in that. There's nothing to be embarrassed well, in about. In a lot Everyone, of
0: instances, those women haven't actually uh, held a firearm before. Which is before. Say,
1: which is fine. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's lots of women-only CPL classes and training classes if you're worried about being embarrassed, you know, with a bunch of guys. And
0: honestly, the, the one uh, around the corner from the house here, they I think it's Wednesdays, Wednesday nights are ladies' night where I think it's the last hour they're open or the last two hours they're open. Is it, It's either a discount for women or it's only women uh, in one of their two ranges or something. So it's starting to pick up, you know, but there's definitely... And I think they're trying to do that to help with the comfort factor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, at this point, I don't care. I almost enjoy being around men doing it because they just men and women view things differently so going to a range with a bunch of women is going to be different than going to a range that has men in it it just is it's the way it is and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but there's definitely ways to help ease yourself into it um I do, you know, I try to post at least a little bit about stuff on social media. If you notice a friend who is posting, reach out to them. They're probably more than happy to sit with you for however and long and and talk to you about it or if yeah. you just put it out there and maybe you don't know someone on your social media, but they definitely, you know, maybe just because they don't put it out on social media doesn't mean they don't know anything about it.
0: Well, and honestly, that that's huge cuz the education piece of all this is the only way any of this is going to get any better, right? The We've talked about the social stigma that goes with uh, talking about firearms or, sure, you know, uh, I guess advertising the fact that you spend your free time at a gun range or whatever. Uh, the education behind that is the only way that any of that's ever going to get any better and we're going to kind of, uh, you know, normalize firearms in America the way it used to be, you know, 60, 70 years ago uh, is – is by doing this be yeah, open communication i mean there's nothing to be ashamed of you know you're not doing there's anything no, wrong no,
1: nothing wrong and heck take everything you've listened to and go f- go look it up yourself you know don't you know you definitely and, and talk to people but don't don't take their word as gospel
0: right and don't be discouraged when you go to the range the first couple of times and you don't shoot bullseyes every time because i mean uh, anything a it takes worth, practice yeah anything worth doing is worth doing right and it takes time right? It takes effort
1: it's like, to you know, build you, those skills. If, if you played a sport, you weren't just good at it. You had to practice and learn the proper way to swing a bat, to throw a ball, to, you know, kick a soccer ball. You know, if, you know, when you, you know, other, you know, events, you, know, you probably weren't, great at cooking the first time you did it if that's more your cup of tea you know you had to practice and learn what worked best and what works best for me what works best for austin isn't going to necessarily work best for everyone so you also have to find what works for you so going out and training and going to Mm -hmm. the range doing dry fire skills you know this is stuff that you can look up making a face at me as i definitely don't do as much as i should (laughs) um you know there's tons of youtube videos and they may not be right but if it works for you and yields results then it's not necessarily wrong you know it may not be the industry standard but as long as you're not hurting anyone and and it
0: that's one of the things that's, that's good about this though, is that there isn't, uh, there's, I mean, there are, uh, standards in the sense of, uh, like achievement and standards in the sense of safety and things like that. There's, there's kind of like those tangible standards, but sure. the non-tangibles like, um, you know, how you, uh, draw and present the gun or whatever there's, it, it it's not the exact same for any one person
1: no, everyone's um, different and whatever works for you is know, comfortable for you and everyone's you know made differently so i know there are certain things that like we you know women drawing from a, a holster you know I have, I have boobs and i have to worry about that you know i have to <laughs> like take that into consideration when i'm you know drawing my firearm like That men don't, you know, most men don't have to worry about. Like, you know, if if you are, you know, more muscular or, you know, a little bit bigger and you have a larger chest, like, maybe you do think about that. But,
0: or even things like you're saying dry fire, you know, uh, as a a man, we don't have to, we don't ever have stuff in our hands. Well, I mean, we might, but, you know, we don't have to worry about uh, dropping a purse to get to our gun. So maybe that's something that women, you know, hey, if you're practicing drawing from concealment, you, Maybe you get an old purse if you don't want to ruin your good one or something. But throw some shit in it, and then you practice dropping that and build that realistic. into part of your if yeah you training.
1: Think about what your scenario would look like if you're going to need your firearm while you are out of the house. What that might look like, and what that's going to mean for you. So if you're someone because you have zero pockets and maybe you carry a smaller purse, you carry a lot of stuff in your hands. You're going to have to be comfortable, you know, definitely like. They're a lot of money, but at the end of the day, my $1,000 phone isn't worth my life. So if it's, you know, find a carpeted area so you can drop your phone and it's safe or wrap it in bubble wrap or, you know, or find something of similar size to your phone so you can practice, practice dropping, dropping that it and going and, to your gun or whatever you need to do you know
0: in that regard i will say that more people just need to spend less time on their phone
1: that too you know get your
0: eyes up and look around you like guys i can tell situational
1: you situational awareness is a it's huge it's
0: huge and i've you know i work in finance i'm not gonna i obviously i'm not mentioning any names but i've worked in finance uh i've worked in banking before uh i've seen firsthand where criminals really do take advantage of the person who's got their face buried in their cell phone and isn't paying attention to what's going on. I mean, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to go into detail, but I can just tell you from personal experience, you may think that it's not a big deal, and you may think that no one's noticing or going to try and take advantage of it, and you're you're damn wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about, I mean, not that I want to go down, I don't want to go down a dark path, so I'll, I'll touch on it briefly, but, you know, you watch your crime dramas, you watch your SVU, and, A lot of times women who are attacked are women out jogging with headphones on there you're out walking you know you're out with a bunch of friends and you're drunk and you're lagging behind or you know you're on your phone you know you're or whatever a lot of times is about being on your phone and being distracted so you need to take those into account you know like the headphones not that i'm saying anyone needs to go out and drop a bunch of money on electronic devices. But, like, the headphones that I wear, they're Bluetooth, so I have no cords that anyone can grab or do anything with. And they have a built-in, um, what do they call it, like a surround surround feature or, or whatever where it kind of lets in outside noise so they're not noise-canceling. So when I'm listening to music, I can still hear what's going on around me sure so i'm i'm able to you know if i want to listen to music i'm able to do so and feel safer about it or i mean i, I have a smartwatch that actually has a really I mean and i i paid the money for the uh it's got its own like 4g so it functions on its own without my phone mm-hmm. um it actually has a built-in sos feature if i hold down i believe it's the power button or the back button i, I forget which one uh, right now which one it is, but uh, if you hold it down consistently for like three to five seconds, it'll actually ping your GPS to local authorities. So, uh, while it's a lot of money and I'm not saying you need to go drop three or $400 on a watch. It is a cool safety feature that I enjoy having while I'm out and about.
0: Which again goes into just doing doing research when you make those kind of purchases. I mean, you do it people do it with like cars with OnStar and stuff like that and alarm systems on cars. Sure. But I mean, think past the material. There's think, stuff you know, that you
1: can keep on your body that's gonna do it for you. So right. you know, and then we also carry not carry, well, carry where I have a, like an ID bracelet. Mm-hmm. Uh, road ID makes them, um, we got our dog tag cause it's no jingle. It slides around his collar, but, um, it's a bracelet. It's like a silicone bracelet, like those live strong bracelets that, you know, we used to wear yep. and, uh, it's a metal band. It's got my name, it's got my birth year. So the police, you know, EMTs know how old I am, who I am. If I were to be separated from my purse, um, has contact information and road ID actually has a setup of. like a website where you can put all your emergency contact information so there's a phone number listed on the band and then emts can call and enter in a password on the site and access your full medical history whatever you want to put on there so i have you know four or five different emergency contacts i have a note that i have a dog so please notify my contacts that they're going to need to watch him like sure you know it's got you know, i've had you know a couple surgeries and all of those are listed and just all of them you know my blood type if i'm an organ donor my address my work address like it's all on there so they know hey it's not weird that she's here because she works around the corner or like something yeah, like what that. what you're
0: doing there and i it, mean it and it more helps. information helps
1: so and it definitely while it might be a little overkill for local you know when we went up north not that I really was anticipating anything happening, but when we were up north in Traverse City, I definitely felt a lot better having that on me, knowing that if something happened and I was separated from my, you know, my purse that isn't going to tell them anything. It's just tell me who I am, but it's not going to tell them who to contact or, or anything, you know, right. of that nature, you know, definitely made me feel better. And it's all about how the whole reason with, you know, preparedness and personal protection is making yourself feel better for the most i mean for the most part You, you carry to feel safe you carry to take matters into your own hands and your protection you so whatever makes it better for you yeah do that you know if that's wearing three bracelets because you're worried about one getting ripped off you know do do whatever you need to do
0: no definitely and i think um i mean this has been good you know i think like i was saying when we started i think that uh that women kind of get ignored a little bit. Um, it's starting to get a lot better in the industry as a whole. Um, but right now I think it's important. You know, if you have either, you know, you're listening and you're a woman who's looking to get into this, you can reach out to us. I mean, we're, we're here to answer those kinds of questions. Or if you have friends, I mean, even people, even if they're not in big on, you know, things like self-defense shooting, maybe they're just, they're really big on hunting. A lot of people that hunt still carry defensive firearms, you know, uh, our friend Jake, uh, who was on a couple weeks ago, you know, he's he he uh, dominantly is, is a hunter. Doesn't mean he doesn't know how to use a firearm to defend himself. Uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't know how to carry one. You know, so just because somebody doesn't strike you as a type, that doesn't mean anything. If they're doing it right, they won't strike you as the type that carries defensively uh, and things like that. So uh, reach out to your friends and, don't, you know, don't be embarrassed. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's learning, just like anything else. You had to learn to drive at one point. This is just one more, uh, step in the walk of life, you know, uh, taking your protection to your, your own hands. Um, but that's it this week, guys. Uh, like I said, I thought this was a really, really good discussion. So, so thank you for, for joining me.
1: Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know,
0: absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I hope you guys, uh, walked away, you know, learning some things or at the very least, uh, got some insight into the, uh, the other side of the. The gender spectrum and, and see some of the things that maybe we as men uh, haven't been considering or looking at uh, but it's all kind of relative so uh, take it for uh, what it is and, and learn from it if you can uh, that's all we got for you this week uh, we'll have more content coming soon on the facebook page uh, and the instagram page as well so stay tuned to those for more updates until next week you guys
1: be prepared